This is an Emmaus Church podcast. For more information about Emmaus Church, please visit EmmausDenver.com. Good morning, Emmaus. I just want to take a moment to introduce our guest. Uh, our plan as a church basically is to continue to address issues of justice, race, and the gospel. And this is one of those sermons today, um, and one of the special guests that we have. We're we think it'd be a good opportunity throughout the year and kind of as the, as the time goes on to consider this topic as a church uh, ongoing. So this is sort of one of those times that we're doing that. So we're thankful that you're here. And part of the the part of the impetus behind this series is not just to educate ourselves on issues that our city is struggling with, but we want to think through. We honestly want to think through how we can image God and how we can be a light. In a, in a dark city. So that's our, that's our really our desire as believers is to be transformed so that we can be a light in a dark city. So this morning, I'm really excited about Lee being able to speak to us. Uh, one thing that's what I think is encouraging about Lee is not only as he's someone who has experienced some of these issues personally in his suffering, but he has also been a light in, the, in a dark world. So he's, he's actually been an instrument for change in his community. So I think we have a lot to learn from him. He was born and raised in Oklahoma. Um, he was a former principal and now a director of diversity inclusion at the largest school district in Oklahoma City. And he's also a co-pastor uh, at the parish church. Uh, he, on top of that, he's an author. And I thought the subtitle of his book was a really good summary of the things I've got to learn about Lee uh, just over the weekend. And his book is called Fantastic Voyage, uh, a, a story of school turnaround and achievement by overcoming poverty and addressing race. The thing that is probably the most encouraging part of him is he's also been a, a really just encouraging brother uh, in the gospel. So as I would give Lee a round of applause as he comes up to speak to us about uh, race, justice, and the gospel. Good morning to each and every one of you difficult for me when I go and speak because uh, the people that I speak to sometimes <clears throat> didn't grow up the way I grew up. The way I grew up, we had church, church. <laughs> Y'all don't get that. Uh, we, we had church, church, and so you, the way you all sit there um, and how you respond is very much unlike the way we responded in church. So uh, it's a little bit difficult for me. I've been doing this now for a little while, but it's still not that easy because uh, church for us was a time where you put on your Sunday best and you went to church and you had church, church. You were thankful for everything that God had done for you because we grew up, and I'm going to tell you about a little bit about that. We grew up in humble means. It was very difficult. So when we got together on Sunday morning, it was a hallelujah good time. And so I'm going to try to modify and adjust a little bit to you, but uh, at times I may break out of that and I might act like I'm back home. So just, I mean, just indulge me if you would. Uh, first, Frank, first things first, I want to introduce this lovely creature to my far left sitting next to our uh, surrogate godson, and that is uh, my wife. Wanda, you can't see her, but she's quite a lovely creature. Even there, she's covered up. And so then Garrett is our godson, and then my brother by another mother and his wife, uh, uh, Kent and Dana Barber. And so they drove down from um, 
Colorado Springs to be with us this morning. And so, uh, first of all, I just want to acknowledge them. I love all those people over there. And now I love you because you are my brothers and sisters. So, uh, amen. amen. See, that's what I'm talking about. All right. We might have some church church up in here. So, what I want you to do is uh, if you got your Bible or your um, electronic device there, if you turn to Proverbs 31, uh, verses 8 and 9, and I'm going to go as expeditiously as I quite possibly can because it's cool out here, and uh, I know you're uncomfortable, but there is a word from the Lord. So, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and it reads, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. I want to speak to you from the topic today. Don't be a dumb Christian. God's commands for believers to speak out. I had to hear him get that subtitle because y'all were about to walk off on me. Okay, so uh, uh, don't be a dumb Christian. God's command for believers to speak out. One definition of dumb is to be tempor- temporarily unable or unwilling to speak. We're not talking about dumb as not having good sense, although uh, some people don't act like they have good sense, but that's not who you are. We're talking about some of those other folk. We're talking about don't be dumb. Uh, use your mouth and speak out. Speaking of speaking out, people all over the country are speaking out right now. Black Lives Matter movement was founded and started by Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Oprah Tometi after the acquittal of George Zimmerman in the death of Trayvon Martin. Thus, I fill the streets with the cry, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Perhaps you've heard them, or perhaps you've gotten in the streets. Then we have people in the streets saying, Blue Lives Matter which is a counter-movement to Black Lives Matter, which advocates legislation to make it a hate crime to target police and other emergency responders. We've got people out there saying, all lives matter. Basically, white lives matter. We've got people out there in the streets crying, LGBT lives matter. We even have people that are crying in the streets saying that animal lives matter. People for the ethical treatment of animals. The nonprofit corporation claims 6.5 million supporters. Perhaps you're one of them. Its slogan is, animals are not ours to experiment on. Eat, wear, or use for entertainment, or use in any And then we have one group out there saying, no, no, no. All lives matter. Perhaps you're one of those. Well, I'm talking to Christian folk today. And I'm telling you, don't be dumb. God's for believers to speak out. God has called on you and I to use our mouths for heaven's cause. And so, first of all, Don't be dumb. Be outspoken for those who 
can't speak for themselves. Verse 31 says, open your mouth for the mute. My first thought here was people who stutter real badly. It is the most heart-wrenching feeling knowing no matter how hard I try, the words aren't going to come out. I hate the way my face contorts when I struggle to get words out. It is not only mentally but physically straining on my body. Imagine the blood rushing to your face, short breaths, sweaty palms, lightheadedness, a constant nauseous feeling, says Lucy Reed, a lifelong stutterer. I can't imagine how difficult that is. I can't imagine how hard it is to, to want to say something and you can't get it out of your mouth. And so I want to mention to, to who are the people that are unable to speak for themselves? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you who that is that's unable to speak right now. And I, an educator, I'm going to give the church a grade on how well we, for those people that can't speak for themselves, there's a group that can't speak for themselves, and that's the unborn. And many of us, we vote and we speak on behalf of this group, the unborn. We do not want mothers taking the lives of this child that cannot speak for themselves. And I would give the church an A, perhaps, but definitely a passing grade for doing its best to speak out for this unborn. There's the disabled, those who have uh, a impediment or uh, they, they're just unable to, 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 to speak. They're, they're deaf, and so we have measures that, and ways in which we try to support them. I'd give the church a B, at least a passing grade. There's another, the, 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 the non-English speaking group in America that have come here and they have not uh, acquired uh, the English language. They have not mastered it. I'd hate to be uh, from another country, wouldn't you? trying to learn the English language. We got some words that you can say it, uh, spell it the same way and pronounce it three different ways. I'd give the church a passing grade, maybe a C, because we're doing what we can. But I want to talk another group. It's the marginalized. And said, I, I, I did my due diligence. I, I looked it up in the, uh, uh, I Googled it and found out uh, which groups are the most marginalized in America. It says that the most marginalized are individuals with felony convictions. Once you've been a felon in America, your voice is shut down. You can't vote. There are certain things that you can't do, certain places you can't live. We've stripped some of your rights away. When you've, got, when you've done something wrong and then you have then uh, uh, paid for your crime, paid for your misstep, those people, according to my research, those people's 
voices are silenced. Individuals who are deemed mentally incompetent is the next one. They, 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 they don't have anybody that, that speaks on their behalf. They have a mental and emotional issues. Next, it says undocumented immigrants. This, this group is silenced. They, they are struggled here in this country for whatever reason, but they're silent, and they have no one to speak on their behalf. Next, it says the low-income individuals. When you don't have money, nobody wants to listen to you. You don't have anywhere to turn for help. And lastly, nearest, perhaps and dearest to my heart, are little children, poor little children. You want to get me to, you want to raise the hair on my head. You want to get the hair on my head to stand up. Just get to mistreating some children. But their voices are silent in this country. Nobody hears them. Garrett, I wouldn't give the church a passing grade. In defending and speaking up for the marginalized, this group is walking around us, walking amongst us, everybody is speaking up on their behalf. I came by to tell you that the Word of God says, this is not Lee Rowland, the Word of God says that we ought to speak for those who are muted, for those who cannot speak for themselves. David in 38, Psalms 38, 13, he says, I am like a deaf man. I do not hear like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear and whose mouth are no rebukes. Church, somebody told me that David was a man of God's own heart. And David felt like, I cannot speak and I cannot be heard. I've got about 20 some odd people, maybe 30. People here, the Bible says that we ought to listen. Don't be just hearers of the Word of God, but be doers also. And to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Church, we need to get a passing need. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail on Judgment Day. I want God to say, Leander, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few I want to make you ruler over many. Church, I came by the tent. We got too many people that just want to, they just want to pass in man's class. They just want to get a passing grade in man's class. But I came by to tell you that one of these days, there'll be another class pass in. And it's more important than this one. Secondly, secondly, church, we ought to be outspoken for those who cannot speak. Uh, uh, secondly, be outspoken for those who are penniless. The verse says, for the rights of all the destitute. I want us to, 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 to listen in here. Listen here and think about the poor in America. 
Did you know in 2019, 34 million people lived in poverty in America? For a family of four, that means earning just $25,000 per year. Did you know that before the coronavirus pandemic, more than 35 million people struggled with hunger in the United States? Breaks my heart. More than 10 million of them are children. Did you know that children are more likely to face food insecurity any other group in the United States. Did you know that today one in four workers, come on, this is not people that are sitting at home on the couch taking money. One in four workers in the United States brings home wages that are at or below the poverty level. Did you know right now one out of every seven Americans is on food stamps? And one out of four of those Americans are children. Did you know it is projected that half of all American children will be on food steps at least once before they turn the age of 18? Did you know that more than 20 million U.S. children rely on school meal programs to keep from going hungry? Did you know, since the Supreme Court declared racial segregation in schools to be unconstitutional, in the landmark 1954 ruling, Brown versus Board of Education, public education in America is still largely separate but unequal. Did you know? person that you're looking at grew up extremely poor. In fact, we didn't call it poor the way I grew up. Called it po when I grew up. You lost the O and you lost the R. -R. We grew up really, really poor. I'm one of seven kids, six boys, and we used to bathe in the same water. I never got shoes, new shoes. I just got shoes that were passed down to me. Grew up, my mama and our family trying to make soap. I grew up trying to be light, like you. Because I thought that if I could be a little bit lighter, things would go a little bit righter for me in life. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe I fight for the poor because I used to. But I hope more than that, I fight for the poor because God said fight for Because they can't fight for themselves. Somebody said that money can't buy your love. I don't know about that. When I look at some of the actors and some of the football players, money bought them something. And we got people right among us today that are penniless. They're struggling. And they need somebody with some money in their pocket, with some maybe 
somebody in a political office, maybe somebody in the church to fight for them. I came by to tell you that John, 1 John 3, 17 just remind us, but if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his eyes and closes his heart against him, God does not abide in him. Did y'all hear me? The Bible says that if I have something in my pocket, if I have some means, and yet I close my heart to the person that does not have that, God does not abide in me. I know this doesn't apply to anybody at Emmaus, but I think it's some of our churches that are open today. Some of these people parked in the parking lot and ran in the church house so they didn't have to pass by somebody poor because they didn't want to look at them. I'm not saying it's anything but living in a gated community. But this word right here that I just read said that if your heart is gated, you got a problem. I believe we got a lot of people got a lot of things right, but they don't love their as themselves. The Bible tells me there's no place for them. Luke 14, 12 through 14. You don't have to turn there. Just, just, just write it down. It said, then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, we're about to have one, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and you'll be repaid right there. Verse 13 says, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, cripple, the lame, the blind, Verse 14, and, we, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. We are to be, we are to be outspoken for those who are penniless, those who are poor, even for those who are poor. Lastly, Lastly, don't be dumb. Be outspoken in fighting for the rights of the lowly. We're going to talk about those poor people just a little bit more. Verse, verse 9 says, open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. In biblical days, in biblical days, in biblical days, some 2,000 plus years ago, in biblical days, they didn't have all of these nice things. They didn't have all this technology. They, they didn't have all of these palatial buildings. They didn't have everything that we have. And in biblical days, the lowly suffered mistreatment. Who were the lowly? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you who the lowly were. Women in, 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 in my church, uh, uh, my home church, the women would say amen, but the women were mistreated. They were the lowly in biblical days. The unclean were the lowly uh, in biblical days. The Samaritans were the lowly in the biblical days. 
the poor were despised and rejected in biblical days. Sadly, sadly, some of the same are not being defended righteously in America today, some 2,000 plus days, years later. It says Jerry grew up in a well-off family. He and Donna had been married for 10 years. They lived in a million-dollar home and had a six-year-old daughter named Shelly. But Jerry became an abusive alcoholic and ended up unemployed for six years. Before Donna filed for a divorce, Jerry's mother sued her son for all the money she had loaned him during the years he was unemployed. The lawsuit effectively took Donna's community property share of their house. After the divorce, Donna and little Shelly ended up homeless. Jerry's mother fought for custody of Shelly on the grounds that Donna was homeless and Jerry was still in recovery. Donna and her daughter had moved in with Donna's sister, but Donna needed legal help to retain custody of her little girl. She turned to the Christian Legal Aid Office of Southern California. They assisted Donna in how to present her case in court after her mother-in-law and her attorney. Two days later, the judge ruled in favor of Donna. On every issue, Donna retained custody of her daughter. Jerry is rehab, and Donna and her former mother-in-law worked out visitation for Shelly. Donna and Shelly still face hurdles, finding a permanent home. But Donna is secure knowing that she and her daughter you see, some lawyers fought for this woman who was lowly. She didn't have means to fight for herself, and so some attorneys fought for her. I'm wondering how many of her fellow Christians and brothers came to her aid when she was struggling. Church. Did you know, did you know that the, about the caste system in India, they call the lowest people the Dalits, which means oppressed, broken, or crushed. They're also known as the untouchables. Isn't that terrible? The lowest people in India are called Dalits. They are called untouchable. Did you know that Martin Luther King visited India and the Dalits? And when they introduced Martin Luther King to speak to the crowd, they said, we want to introduce an untouchable America. Martin Luther King said, I looked down and like, who are they talking about? But they had already done their research of America. 
And Martin Luther King was an untouchable church. Emmaus, did you know, did you know, according to my research, the Nazis, the Nazis, the Nazis studied how to legally press people in Nuremberg, Germany, 1930s from the Americans. They studied how to legally oppress people from America, America. God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good. With brotherhood from sea to shine. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I want to ask you a question. Why should we carry one another's burdens. I'm giving you a test, class. Why should we carry one another's burdens? First of all, the Word of God says, carry ye one another's burdens. My brother Kent, every now and then I've had some burdens, and I've called my brother Kent some eight hours drive away carried my burdens because he knew that his buddy Lee was hurting. Kent carried my burdens. And he did it because the Word of God told him to carry my burdens. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to get too close to you. But there's another reason he ought to carry my burden. Because Jesus carried his burdens. Jesus carried all of our burdens. Somebody to the cross. And they nailed him on that cross for my sins and yours too. He carried my burdens. And he commanded me to therefore love my brothers and sisters. We talked about it last night. People want to know what to do when stuff is, when, 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 when we look at what to do. I tell you, real something, real easy, two words. Nothing is not an option. I told him last night in an analogy form, if I see somebody over there, in a burning car, I'm not going to stand back and say, what should I do? Do something. God is calling on us, his church, to do I love this. something that I concocted. This is what Jesus Christ did. I preached a sermon. 
something that was real popular just a few years ago. Some of y'all too young. You too young to know about it, but ask your daddy. Ask your daddy. A few years ago, everybody wore it on their sleeves. Everybody, all the girls had it on their neck. We had T-shirts and shorts. It said, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I guarantee you, he would do more than what some of us are doing. Not a mess. Not a mess. But some of our other brothers and sisters are looking at what's going on in America. I to tell you today that God's holy word says for us to be dumb. He says, be outspoken for those who can't speak for themselves. I want my Lord and Savior to say one of these days, Lee, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. You've been faithful over a few things. See that, see, that brother right there know about church, church. Some of y'all don't know about church, church, so we just tried to bring a little bit of it to you today. Uh, y'all come back and go to church with me sometime, then we can show enough rock and roll with it a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to bow with me and pray that we would not be a church that God is ashamed of, that we would not be a church that's lukewarm, that Emmaus would be a church that is on fire for the Lord. I told them last night, you all have a, approximately some 80 some odd people in your congregation. I said, y'all got more than enough to change America because these 12 guys I, heard, I read about in the Bible, 12 guys changed, uh, took the gospel to off the land. Get this, and they didn't have any women. Just guess if they'd have had some women. Golly gee, they had the gospel on Mars. We have gospel on Jupiter. Uh, we had the gospel all over the place. They had some women. We got some women now. Lord, we love you, we do. I thank you, oh God, for each and every person that's under the sound of my voice. Oh God, it's chilly out here. It's cloudy out here. Oh God, but your sun's shining in our heart. Your S-O-N is beaming in our heart. You love us, oh God. We, we, we've fallen short of your glory, oh God. We messed up, oh God. Sometimes we held our tongues, oh God, but today... You're pricking our hearts, oh God. And I hope that the, 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 the person that is the quietest, oh God, the most introverted person in here, oh God, I hope that you will just compel them and, and give them that spirit of boldness, not of timidity. Oh God, give them courage to go and stand up and speak out for the name of Jesus, for the name of God. Oh, God, protect them when they speak out, oh, God. Let them know that you, what's, what's for them is more than what can be against them. God, the most, the omnipotent, the, the, the omnipresent, oh, God, the mighty, powerful God. Oh, God, be with us, oh, God. We love you, oh, God. We don't want to go through the motions, oh, God. We don't want to be a, a church that's, that's, that's playing around, that's faking it, oh, God. We want to be the real McCoy. Bless each and every one of us, oh God, 
empower us. We love you, and we thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Aaron, now, at this time, we're going to have communion, and what I ask for you to do is individually, individually take this wine symbolizing Christ's blood that was shed on the cross for you and I. And I want you to take this bread, which was broken. God's flesh for us. And I want you, uh, we're going to come back and have some music, and I want you to just reflect. I want you to do some soul searching and asking God, Lord, make me right with you. I realize that I'm not perfect. I sin and I fall short of your glory. But your blood has covered my sins. And in your, uh, in your body is all power that you give to us. So, oh God, when you died on the cross, you rose up with all power in your hand. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. Amen.